Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Let's Talk Tri-Delta. Thanks for joining us. I'm Karen White, Tri-Delta CEO and Editor-in-Chief of the award-winning Trident Magazine. As part of our Fall for Kindness, we're so happy to bring back our popular Three for You podcast series. We're asking some Tri-Delta experts and friends to share tips or best practices as we navigate what's become our now normal. And kindness itself is our topic of the day. Joining me today with some powerful insights on practicing kindness at work are Allison French and Stephanie Hupka. Allison is a Tri-Delta alumna from our Alpha Beta chapter at Cornell University, and Stephanie is from our Alpha Tau chapter at Carnegie Mellon. They are the creators of Won't You Be, a series of learning experiences, including Won't You Be My Trainer and Won't You Be My Manager, based on the teachings of the beloved Mr. Rogers. Allison and Stephanie are on a mission to spread kindness through educating managers, trainers, team members, and volunteers on how to apply the simple yet very powerful techniques of Mr. Rogers in their day-to-day work. Ladies, welcome to Tridelta. Thank you so much. Great to be here. We are so excited to have you. Um, I want to talk first about your very serendipitous story of how you connected. Tell us about that. I'd be happy to to kick things off for us. So Allison and I met, it's probably been about five or six years since we first connected. And we connected through our profession. We both work in the talent development space. So we were both part of a local chapter of an association that works in training for the most part. We both are consultants. We kind of connected at a couple of meetings. We had some great conversations, realized we were kind of kicking off a little bit of a friendship. And it wasn't until I would say it might have been a bit more than a year ago or so that we were chatting a little bit about the Won't You Be series. Allison mentions that she was very involved with different programs in college. She mentioned she was in a sorority. I had to ask which one because I don't get to talk about being in a sorority quite as often as I'd like to. And she said she was a tridult. And I thought, oh my gosh, I think that must make more sense than anything I've ever heard because we have such similar interests and values and experiences. And I feel like when you're part of Tri Delta, you seek each other out after a while. So it just, it was just, completely uh, just a wonderful serendipitous moment for us. <laughs> I just love that. And that's so true. We seem to find each other. We're drawn to each other. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you all have this collective passion for incorporating kindness into our lives. So what was it about Mr. Rogers that led you to create your programs? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I love Mr. Rogers as a kid. Um, I, I grew up in New York and, you know, it was part of my diet of television as a, as a child. And I just, I always loved it. And, you know, even, even as I got a little bit older, I remember kind of playing Mr. Rogers with some of my friends and I had this little truck that was the trolley and we would go to the the land of make-believe. And, and I started thinking that, you know, there's so much applicable about his teachings to not just children, but to us as adults and as a, as a training developer and someone who works in leadership development, you know, it just, it just dawned on me one day. And, and it's really funny. I remember when I had the conversation with Stephanie. I was driving. I was actually in a car driving to see a friend in Annapolis of all things. I just remember this conversation so vividly. And we were just brainstorming ideas. We were talking about doing something for the Association for Talent Development Conference. And I said, I have this crazy idea. I want to run it by you because I trust you and I want to get your opinion. And I told her my idea about doing a, a learning series on Mr. Rogers and, and there was silence. And then she said, 
you're kidding me because I was saying the same thing. I'm like, what? How is that possible? Um, and then she told me this crazy story about how she actually was Mr. Rogers' neighbor. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let her tell that story. But um, wow. But 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 we realized we were thinking the same thing at the same time. We're like, well, this is a collaboration. This is a match yeah. made in heaven. So yeah. But I well, have to be the story about Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, I mean, for all of my sisters at Carnegie Mellon, they all probably know this just as well as me. Uh, but of course, Mr. Rogers filmed his show in Pittsburgh. And in fact, the studio yeah. was right around the corner from the campus. And when I was there, uh, I mean, this was, you know, years ago now, the house was a little bit further away, but they've since moved to probably within maybe a city block or so of the studio location. So yeah. for a while, I was sort of Mr. Rogers' neighbor. Um, he And he did live in Pittsburgh until he passed away in 2002. We yeah. overlapped just a little bit. But I still remember being a kid watching the show and thinking, I'd love to live in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And when I ended up at CMU and kind of became one of his neighbors, it's like everything sort of came together for me. <laughs> love that. Love that. So tell us a little bit more about the, the workshops you've created. You know, they're applicable to so many folks. So tell us a little bit more about the, the content. Absolutely. And, you know, that's just it. Right now, I think we're at a place in our history where there really hasn't been a time that we've needed kindness more. And kindness looks different for everyone. It looks different at home and at work. But really, when it comes down to it, kindness is really very much at the center of what we should be remembering as we're treating people, as we're working with people. And when we first kind of came up with the concept of Won't You Be My Trainer, it was about bringing kindness back into professional development. So Allison and I, of course, being very involved in that space, we recognized that when you feel like you're treated well, and when you feel like you're seen and heard, you're going to participate more, you're going to be more involved, you're really going to start to understand the content that's being shared with you, and you're going to do something more with it when you get back to your desk. Because training shouldn't just be a one-time thing, you should be able to take that with you and do something more with it. And as we developed Won't You Be My Trainer, we started to have additional conversations about how applicable that content is to so many other elements of our work life. And that's how Won't You Be My Manager was born. Taking the concept of kindness and bringing that into leadership. And it looks different, perhaps, for all kinds of different types of leaders. But there are so many core components that practiced well can really help people to feel like they're valued members of a team. And that's where we started getting into, won't you be my volunteer? Won't you be my team member? So we're realizing there are more and more of these experiences that we can build in our quest to really bring the concept of kindness into the workplace and help people really start to understand what it looks like and feels like to be valued. I just. I love this so much. So you've got really three tips, three ways to bring kindness into the workplace. And you've simplified these concepts for us. So they're they're going to be highly memorable and useful. Allison, do you want to start us off with the first one, which is about having fun at work? Absolutely. And and I do want to preface it a little bit by um, one of Mr. Rogers quotes that we just latched onto and we love was his quote about being a successful human being, being a successful person. And and he said that there's three ways to do that. And the first is being kind. And the second 
is being kind. And the third is being kind. <laughs> no, we're not. Of course, we, we went to do this. We said, well, we're not going to say that three times because, you know, as much as us, uh, we, we tried else, we love our threes. We do. We thought people would probably <laughs> tune out of the podcast pretty quickly. So <laughs> we took we took three of the key concepts from um, our series. And there's, there's more than three, but these are the three that really resonate and that we thought people could really put into use very quickly. Um, and this first idea is, is play. And it's the idea that, you know, Mr. Rogers, he had all these games and he he called play the work of childhood. But you know what? We don't think of it as adults. We're so busy adulting that, you know, we kind of push that aside. But in reality, it does a lot of really good things for our brain. And I do a lot of work around neuroscience. And there's a whole lot there that shows if you inject some fun and you inject some play, it gives your brain a chance to reset a little bit. And it gives you a chance to, frankly, be kind to yourself. So I think it's really, really important to Think about how you can incorporate elements of play into if it's a meeting you're having, into, you know, a Zoom meeting. How do you do that? Sometimes it's just sharing stories and laughing about something together. Sometimes it's having a little poll or something you can do, you know, hey, what are you binging on on Netflix these days? You know, anything like that. Um, But giving people a moment or two to feel like it's okay. We don't have to be all business all the time. We are getting, you know, Zoomified. We're just on these things. And just like how we started talking even before this podcast started and sharing connections, that's a form of just play and laughing and having fun. And that inspires creativity, that inspires innovation, that gives us a chance to, you know, be kind to ourselves, but be kind to others and come up with new and different things. So it's really important. And, you know, it lets us just be be silly and be vulnerable, but it helps our mental health to do that. You know, you know, talking about this week and how difficult it was, you know, I got through on silly memes and, you know, election bingo and, you know, all sorts of crazy things that just yeah. make it more fun. Um, and so giving yourself the opportunity to to play and giving your team members that opportunity is, is really a good way to be kind to yourself and to them. Well, I, you, I love uh, the notion that we, you know, we have kind of forgotten to play as we've gotten a little, yeah. right? Um, in fact, I was just uh, helping to plan an agenda and had a board chair say, what are we going to do for fun? And I was like, we've got this, we're accomplishing this. And I'm like, you know what? That is what a good point. But the agenda is not fun at all. So we've injected <laughs> some games and some play and some story sharing and, um, it's going to make the meeting better. Yeah, it will. Absolutely. absolutely will. A good reminder. Okay, so um, the second tip with kindness revolves around silence and the importance of silence. So talk to us about that. So when we think about the world we live in right now, it's very noisy. If you, if you really consider what it's like to be a human being at this moment in time, there are so many people competing for our attention. There are so many situations and challenges that we may have been prepared for. And in 2020, plenty that we have not been prepared for. And all of these things create this kind of noise. The challenge with noise is that a lot of our processing really doesn't happen successfully when we are struggling to figure out what 
space we need to process and use information. Mr. Rogers was wonderful when it came to the concept of silence. And he did this in a couple of ways. There's a great scene in the movie, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Um, I'm not going to share all of it in case you haven't seen the movie, but definitely recommend that you do. And there's a great scene where he uses silence to really drive home a point where, you know, you're considering some of the elements that might come into play in your life. What's interesting, though, is that we have the opportunity to create similar moments of silence for ourselves where we can process, where we can reflect, and where we can prepare for how we're going to carry ourselves into the next moments and days of what we're working on. Work is especially hard to do that. And you think about what it was like before the pandemic. Sitting at your office, you'd have people knocking on your door. You'd have people coming over to your desk. There were a lot of distractions and disruptions. And I don't think those have gone away for us in our new environment. You think about the number of times somebody says, hey, do you have time for a quick Zoom meeting or Teams meeting? Your phone rings. Your coworkers are probably texting you now. All of these things may be very good. They may be very important for business. But what we really need to do is remember to take some silent moments for ourselves so that we can process, we can reflect, and we can figure out what we are doing and how we're going to use new information as we carry ourselves through into all of the other activities that are going to need our mental bandwidth. Just love it. Silence can be such a gift to ourselves as well as to to others, right? So It's a very kind thing. Yeah, exactly. It's such a kind thing you can do for yourself and a kind thing that you can do for others. In fact, it even goes right down to when you're holding meetings, for example. If you ask a question, give people time to think about what the answer is before you jump in and try to fill that silence to get people thinking. Most people don't need that. Give them time to think on their own. It may take a while and it may feel uncomfortable, but good work is happening in those quiet moments. Such good advice. Now, your last tip around kindness is about love and how you love what you do. So say more about that. Well, Stephanie and I are are so blessed to truly love what we do. And, and I think it comes through. But, you know, there's a lot of people who, who don't. Um, and, you know, I think it would be a stretch for them to say they love what they do. So what we're trying to encourage is finding that nugget, finding something that you love, whether it's, you know, a part of the work that you do, whether it's a conversation that you've had, really thinking, you know, using that silence and that mindfulness to focus on what it is about what you do that you do love in the midst of all the craziness and all the clutter. And when you can hone in on that and you can zero in on that, then it spreads because if you can focus on what you love, other people can see that too. And, and I know that people can, you know, hear, hopefully hear it in our voices. And when we do our, our workshops, people can see it even through the Zoom. But um, when you don't love everything you do, take those moments of silence to figure out what are the things that I love? What are the things that I'm grateful about? Maybe it's about some of my colleagues and and how they've been able to understand what's going on and and relate to the fact that my kids are doing virtual school or, you know, my leaf blowers are coming while I'm trying to do meetings (laughs) or whatever it might be. Um, But it's my colleagues that are making this different for me. I'm working with a group right now where, you know, everything was, of course, thrown into a tizzy and there's new people coming on board virtually. And the one thing that's consistent is that they've felt like their colleagues are helping them through this. They can reach out. They just feel this love with their colleagues. Um, And that's really helping them get through day by day. I just, I think that's um, such good advice. I think there's always a way to maybe take a step back to be grateful and to find something you do love in moments that are 
can sometimes be hard to love. It's been, um, man, what a week we've had. Right? <laughs> for, for our listeners, we are recording this on the Friday of election week. So what great timing for a conversation on elevating kindness in the workplace and the world. Um, thank you both for this great information. Before we go, how can our listeners find out more about each of you and your programs? Where can they find you online? Great question. To learn more about us, we do have a website. So you can find us at www.won'tyoube.com. And that will provide links to both uh, my website as well as Allison's. So you'll find our contact information. It's a great way to find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we are always excited to connect with fellow Tri-Deltas. So we would absolutely welcome any of those conversations and connections. Terrific. Well, we are, first of all, thrilled that you all connected with one another. <laughs> we are <laughs> too. Yes. <laughs> and thrilled that you connected with all of us. So thank you both so much. We hope all of our members and families remain safe as we continue to fall for kindness. We'll be providing more Three For You podcasts this fall, and we'd love to know what's on your mind. What topics would you like to hear from experts on? Email us at podcast at trideltaeo.org. This podcast was made possible by the kind support of dues-paying alumni to Tridelta. Have you paid your annual dues yet? Log into the new My Tridelta at tridelta.org and learn how. And please like, subscribe, and rate our podcast. At Tridelta, we love five-star ratings. Thank you for talking Tridelta with us today. Join us next time. Stay safe and bring you. 